you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 13. This morning, tonight, we're finishing the book, amen? And we didn't preach the whole book. I might go back and preach uh, chapters 1 through 10 because I've got so interested in uh, reviewing that I might just go ahead and take those first 10 chapters. But when the pandemic broke out, I decided we needed more faith and uh, less fear. And so, praise God, I went through Hebrews chapter 11 and took the whole 11 months, I guess it was, and then with chapter 12, and chapter 13 is the in-closing. So I could title these messages this morning, tonight, in-closing, but you wouldn't believe it, So, uh, but I am closing, amen? And uh, I close and close and close. I love to close, no doubt about it. Uh, pray for Miss uh, Lance and the loss of her brother, and then her brother's uh, wife and children all have the COVID, and then there's several other people in her church, his church. Uh, that have the COVID, including the pastor, according to uh, Miss Teresa. So they have a, a dilemma over there in Chatsworth. So pray for them and pray for this dear brother. Had a wonderful time to talk to him uh, about the things of God uh, a few weeks ago when Mother was dying and uh, just enjoyed meeting him and talking to him about spiritual things. So he was ready to go. Thank God for that. Amen. And... Uh, Continue to pray for all those that are sick. We miss them so much. People, when you can't come to church, I hope you miss it. Amen. And I miss being here, and I want to guard and protect our privilege to be here this morning. I appreciate your cooperation. Let's stand on the Word of God, verse 17 of Hebrews chapter 13. And um, some people, preachers, would love to preach this, but I preach it with uh, humility and with fear because I don't want it to be misunderstood. Uh, I am not the over-shepherd, over I'm the under-shepherd. I know the shepherd, amen? This church is not my church, because I started it 43 years ago. It's God's church. I take my hands off God's church. But He has called me to be the under-shepherd, and uh, that's a great responsibility. And in studying this, I have really been brought on conviction of what a great responsibility is to be a spiritual leader. So I'm not just preaching to myself, but I will. But I'm preaching to all you spiritual leaders. And to someone, you're the best Christian they know. And you are a spiritual leader. If you're a Sunday school teacher, a deacon, um, uh, a bus driver, whatever you do in the house of God, you become a leader. And uh, to someone, you're the best Christian to know. If you're a daddy or mama, you're a spiritual leader. So take this and apply it, because I believe it will help your soul. And then we'll preach the rest of the chapter tonight. The Bible says, Obey them that have the rule over you. Now, don't look at me cross-eyed. I didn't write it. God wrote it. Amen. Uh, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And then he goes on to say, pray for us. Any spiritual leader that doesn't ask for prayer often is full of himself. It says, pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you by, uh, I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may restore to you the sooner. Now the God of peace, as a great leader, you ought to have peace, that brought again from the, Brought again from the from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do this will, working in you that which he well pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation. In other words, listen when I preach. For I have written a letter unto you in a few words. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom if he come shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you. There he goes again. And all the saints, they of Italy salute you. Grace be with you all. And then he said, Amen. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the awesome responsibility of being a spiritual leader. I believe it's more important than the governor. I believe it's more important than the Senate. 
I believe it's more important than being president of the United States of America, that we be spiritual leaders in our home, in our church, in our community. So God help us to realize what it's all about. And God is all about bringing glory to your name and for the furtherance of the gospel, seeing saints equipped uh, to do the work of the ministry and Lord, to edify one another, exhort one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. So Lord, please bless this closing. And Lord, I believe it's very important that we realize what spiritual leadership's all about. And we'll thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, the Bible says in verse thir- uh, chapter 13, I don't have time to review, but it talks about a better priesthood all through the book of Hebrews, a better tabernacle, which is heaven, a better sacrifice, which was Calvary. These folks were going back to Judaism. They were going back to keeping the law. They were going back to mixing grace with the law. And this book of Hebrews is the greatest connecting book between the Old Testament and the New Testament in the whole Bible. It brings it together. And all that's in the Old Testament was shadows and substances and uh, types and uh, rituals that pointed to the high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, the temple uh, in heaven. Praise God, the sacrifice, Calvary. And folks, we don't go back to shadows. We don't go back to law keeping. We don't go back to keeping, uh, being religious to get right with God. We just go to Jesus. And we worship Jesus, amen? And through Jesus, we get to God. And folks, it's spiritual leadership that helps you mature. Your sheep, I'm the under-shepherd, and we ought to see that it goes really good when we all stay in the flock in submission, as Brother Alex taught this morning so well, and in, um, in all our, our uh, uh, church organizations, it all doesn't uh, lift up a dictator, it follows a spiritual leader. And so we need to exhort ourselves to be men and ladies that are worthy of fellowship. Amen? I want you to look at this. The Bible says, obey them that have the rule over you. Obey them that have the rule over you. So he definitely wasn't going against the church, and he wasn't going against spiritual leadership. He was just saying, hey, listen, don't worship the priest, and don't go back to the priesthood, but praise God, Keep in the church, and your spiritual leader is responsible to take care of you, to guard you, to guide you, and submit. He said rule. That's a pretty strong word. Folks, listen. These are men who have rule over you. What's that mean? It's spiritual men who teach and preach the unadulterated word of God. Amen? Paul's saying, hey, listen. Lift them up. Pray for them. Realize that pray for us. Pray for me. And folks, we need to realize that spiritual leadership is a great calling, but it is a demanding calling. All you that are preachers, say amen right there. And all of you that tried to pastor over two weeks, say amen twice. Because it's hard sometimes to lead a flock that's not flocking or is not following. Amen? And sometimes they're, they're flogging and they're rebelling. And I've heard sad stories about fights and and splits and splatters all in Georgia. Thank God we've never had that. But I want you to see, number one, by submitting and obeying your spiritual leader, you're in reality submitting to Christ. I want you to read that very carefully now. By submitting and obeying your spiritual leader, you're in reality submitting and obeying Christ. I want you to look at Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Some people have a hard problem with authority. Say amen. This generation coming up, they have a hard problem with just any kind of authority and any kind of leadership. And folks, I don't believe in dictatorship, but I do believe in spiritual leadership. I believe there ought to be a Joshua in every church. I don't believe there ought to be a deacon committee that runs the pastor. That's not what God called deacons to do. Well, we're going to keep him poor, keep him humble. Hey, listen, I want to tell you something. You need to keep yourself poor and yourself humble if you have that attitude. Because I want to tell you something, friend. God knows how to keep his preacher in line, and I fear him. Don't you? Amen. But I appreciate our deacons. They're servants. Uh, We've never had a problem. 
that I know of, uh, and it's just been wonderful how God has put some men together to encourage and exhort me to stay in the Word and prayer that the Word would go forth. And so that's one of the reasons our church is as strong as it is because we have spiritual leadership, not only in the preacher, I pray, but in the deacons. They're servants of God. They're, they, that's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 6. But some churches are set up on committee. Some churches are set up on, on uh, a bunch of men that uh, own, think they own the church and they run the preacher off every 2.8 months or 2.8 years. That's the average lifespan of a pastor. Isn't that pitiful? You can't even get to know anyone in 2.8 years. Amen. But I want you to see in Acts 20, 28, and I'll try not to get off target too much. Uh, the Bible says this. It says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer. Now listen. He said, To feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. That's a fearful and awesome thought is that God's church is his church and is purchased with his blood. And thank God it's, he's, uh, his church is precious. That's why I don't allow uh, evangelists to come in here and rip and shear the sheep. I won't have them back. Uh, they're to encourage and they are to uh, help, not just leave the place in a mess and the pastor has to deal with it. Amen? And a true evangelist knows that he needs to encourage the pastor because of the job that he has to do. But look at this. It says, take heed therefore unto yourselves, talking to the uh, shepherds that he's about to leave uh, to go to another place, to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer. I want you to notice, first of all, to submit uh, and, and obey your spiritual leader, you're really submitting to the, to the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit appoints true spiritual leaders to a church. It's not by popular vote, and thank God it's not by politics. That can be the com most confusing thing I've ever seen in my life, politics. Makes me nervous, don't you? Praise God, you get on uh, the TV and you, and you, you wonder what, who's right, and who's wrong, who's lying, who's not lying. But I'll tell you something, friend. The hope is not in the White House. The hope is in God's house. And the hope in God's house is that spiritual leaders will be spiritual. That folks, listen, we'll set an example and that we'll be true teachers of the Word of God and true preachers of the Word of God. And number two, we see that true believers will be willing and anxious to be in subjection to the Word of God. True believers is willing to... and and I. I really believe that a true believer is willing and, and ready and, and maybe the word anxious is not the right word I put in there, but we're, we're willing and we're, we're uh, excited to receive the expounded Word of God. Now to look at some of you, I don't know if you're excited or not, but I don't go by faces, I go by heart and I go by faithfulness. I used to read faces and it discouraged me, Brother Randy. But, you know, if we'll just read the heart, and we can't really read the heart, we just got to keep on being faithful and preach to Jesus, not to the crowd. We preach to Him and then them. Amen? We minister to Him, and then we can minister good to them. And so as a spiritual leader, uh, you, need, you have some followers that are excited and some that are not. Uh, some are excited about leaving when they get here. I don't understand why they got here in the first place. But I'll say this, friend. True believers are excited about the local church. Amen? I mean, it's the place to learn. It's the place to grow. It's not a place of politics. It's not a place of fussing. It's not a place of fighting. And it's definitely not a place to worship some spiritual leader and treat him like God. Folks, listen, we got too many um, celebrities in the pulpit and worship teams that are entertaining. What we need is the true worship of the living God and we need men that will decrease that he might increase. And that's a humbling position between, to be between you and God and, your, and praying and exhorting and feeding. I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. This is more like a Sunday school lesson this morning, but we need to be taught the Word of God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I want you to look at verse 4, please. The Bible says, but as we were, you with me? 2-4, 1 Thessalonians. You ought to check me out every time I turn to a scripture 
that I'm reading the Scripture. So amen. The authority of this church is the Word of God. Amen. Look at this. It says, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. Folks, listen to me. God tries my heart while he's trying your heart. God works, I got three fingers pointing at me when I got one finger pointing at you. And folks, it's an awesome responsibility to teach the Word of God, to preach the Word of God, to lead people in the house of God, to be a leader, to have any kind of place of service in the house of God. You must walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And sometimes we can't hear your talk because your walk is so inconsistent. You need to be faithful. We need to be faithful to realize it is a sacred trust when God puts us in leadership. It's a sacred trust to be a daddy. Say amen back there, Peter, three times. It's a secret, it's a it's a sacred trust to be a mama. Thank God for mamas. It's a sacred trust to be a deacon. It's a sacred trust to be a teacher. It's a sacred trust to do anything in the house of God. And when you take that trust from God, you need to realize that somebody's watching you and somebody's following you and you don't live for yourself. You don't live for what you want. You live for what's best for the furtherance of the gospel. It's an awesome responsibility. When I started this church, I said, there's one thing I want. Lord, I want leadership that'll walk it and not just talk it. And I want to set some requirements for leadership. If you're going to be a Sunday school teacher, you need to be at every service. That's not asking too much. My word, if you can't be a follower, how can you be a leader? Come on, say amen. If you're going to work in the bus ministry, you can't smoke dope and, and dupe, dip. Amen. Praise God. And you wear your collar any way you want to, amen? But I'm just saying, folks, in the bus ministry, people look up to you. When we went over to visit uh, Tuesday night, uh, they didn't even know me, but they knew Brother Chris. I wonder if Brother Chris come in there with a stogie. And Brother Chris came in there with a sorry attitude. And Brother Chris hadn't been to church in three weeks. Uh, he wouldn't be much of a spiritual leader to those kids. Say amen. And I want to tell you something, friend. They, they listen to him more than they listen to me. We had a flower, and I said, you, you carry this flower in there. I said, you're the one that's pastoring. You're the one that's teaching them. You, they look up to you. They honor you. They love you. And folks, listen, that's an awesome responsibility. And you say, well, he's just a bus captain. No, he's much more than that. He's a spiritual leader to those kids. Come on. It's a high calling being bus minister. Can you say amen quietly, brother? Amen. Don't nod your head. Just say amen. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. And folks, look at verse 13 of that same chapter, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as the truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. I believe there's power in the word. I believe the priority is the is the preaching and teaching of the Word of God in this church. It's not the singing. No offense, brother. I love the choir. love singing. love the musicians. love the music they play. Thank God it just helps me and prepares me to hear the Word. Amen? But folks, we don't come here just to sing for an hour. We come here to preach. We don't come here to sing till we get feeling real good and spiritual and, and you know, pepped up. You go down to Valdosta last night and do that. But I want to tell you something, friend. Thank God this is more than a rally. And folks, this is more than a political meeting. And it's a whole lot more important. Amen. Come on. I think it's, uh, it's not the will of God for you to go someplace on Saturday night. Stand, uh, some, somebody told me they, they, in Rome they waited 12 hours to get in to hear uh, the president speak when he was on those rallies trying to get reelected. And I won't tell you what, they ain't been in church in 12 years. They're not right with God. And they won't ever help our country get right with God until they put the priority of preaching and teaching of the Word of God. There's not anything more important than this meeting this morning. Come on, say amen. You say, you convicted about this? You better believe I'm convicted about it. I've given my life to preach and teach the gospel. 
And I wish you'd pray for me because it's an awesome responsibility. And it humbles me. I realize there's nobody between me and God. I'm not, uh, uh, then, um, the, uh, me and, and, and judgment than God when you become a pastor, when you become a preacher. Uh, folks, you have to answer to God. And I only have to answer to God for me. i got to answer to God for you, the, this, this text says. What an awesome responsibility. What a great privilege. I appreciate being your pastor. I appreciate you so much. It's not hard to come to this church. It's not hard to pastor this church. It's a wonderful privilege to pastor this church. But it's an awesome, awesome responsibility. It says you receive the word of God not as the word of men, but the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Well, let me hurry back to my text. I want you to see something else. Folks, we, we need to emphasize it. We can't emphasize it too strongly. That these people that he said have the rule over you were not self-appointed, mama called, um, online ordained. You ever seen that? Just, you know, dial this number and we'll ordain you over the phone. Baloney. Uh, go on this web page and you can get your ordination. God help us. And then show up and say, I've been ordained. Where'd you get ordained? Online. <laughs> God help us. Anyway, who teach, uh, listen, it's not, they were not self-appointed people that taught their own ideas, tradition of men, and man-made dogma. All these true spiritual leaders were appointed by the Holy Ghost. Isn't that wonderful? You ought to pray for your preacher to be spirit-led, spirit-filled, spirit-anointed when he tries to lead you. Number three, for they watch for your soul. They must give account with joy and not grief. Folks, true believers, number two, are willing and anxious to receive the expounded word of God. But number three, we see that it's, it's that these spiritual leaders are under divine appointment and direction to be your spiritual guardian. Guardian. Folks, we are to guard the flock. We endeavor to see and feed and, and feed the bread and the milk and the meat of the word that our spiritual condition will be healthy. Do you know how many cults are out there? Just drive down Dugout Road and you'll see several. Amen. And there's people that go in there like drones. I mean, they go in there like mummies and they're so faithful and they go every day and, and hand out the material from the watchtower. And they say there is no hell. There is a hell. There wasn't a hell. What's this book uh, preach it th uh, Jesus preached it 13 times? Why is it mentioned 83 times in the Word of God? There is no hell. There is no Bible. There is no Word. There is no authority in the local church. And so I want you to turn to a passage about true spiritual leadership. Endeavor to see and feed and protect and lead the spiritual condition of your life is what it's all about. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, real quick. Or real slow, I don't care. You ready to get there? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. The Bible says, and he gave some apostles. Who gave? God. And some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Folks, it's an awesome responsibility to take a Sunday school class because it's more than a class, it's a ministry. And I'll tell you something. Your students watch how you follow. They watch how you're faithful. Hey, they watch your faithfulness. They look up to you to be faithful. You might not can be much, but you can be faithful. And if you're faithful, God is enough to change your life through your little old life. What a privilege to be faithful. But it goes on to say, for the perfecting of the saints. God gives us pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. That means he wants us to be mature, not a bunch of babies, 
This is not a, a glorified nursery called a church. Folks, we are to grow up and go on. Don't go back to the law. Don't go back to priesthood worship. Don't go back to temple worship. Don't go back to sacrament worship. Don't go back to religion. Go forth for a better way. It's all through Jesus. It's all through his blood. He says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, folks, there's a lot of work in the ministry. How about work? You ever tried to knock on doors lately? It's work. You ever tried to pray for people faithfully? It's work. You have to agonize in prayer, and sometimes you get undisciplined, and sometimes you don't pray enough, and sometimes you get distracted. But look at this. It says, till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man and the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Here's the goal for you to be like Christ. So he gives apostles. He gives teachers. He gives deacons. He gives, teach, he gives uh, uh, leaders in the church, Sunday school teachers. He gives leadership in the home, daddy, mama. Last time I checked, teenagers shouldn't run the home. Amen. Come on. Last time I checked, men of God, you don't take a vote on whether you're going to go to church or what church you're going to go to. You're the spiritual leader. You're the spiritual leader. Look at this. Why? That your children, that your fellowship would be perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's a fancy word of saying to be like Jesus. Folks, we need to be like Jesus. And I'm going to give account of how much you're like Jesus. That's why, friend, when I discipline and I say you can't be a leader in this church because you're unfaithful, you need to take it. You need to understand. You need to understand the big picture. Christ is looking down on this church and he's saying, hey, listen, I need leaders that will set the example. I need leaders that will be spiritual. I need leaders that will be faithful. Look at verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Sounds like a warfare, don't it? And it is. Look at verse 15. But speaking the truth in love. Amen. That's how you ought to preach. That's how you ought to teach. Speak it in love, but speak the truth. And the truth sometimes cuts deep. But speaking the truth in love, grow up, that you may grow up. Unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. See, the head's Christ. He is the over-shepherd. He is the great shepherd. I'm the under-shepherd. Look at this. From whom the whole body fit, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh the increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This is, I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that he henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. Folks, we can't walk like the world. We can't look like the world. We can't act like the world. Folks, we got to come out of the world. We got to be separate. We got to be holy as I preached on Wednesday. And I thank God for the encouragement after a message like that. Several people called and texted. That's exactly what we need to hear about holiness. Holiness. That encouraged me to no, no degree. And so, folks, if a spiritual leader is a divinely appointed, then he will meet the responsibility concerning his sheep's soul welfare. And he is the overseer. Why? Well, look, go back in our text. It says, it says, and submit yourselves. It says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. They must give account. These rulers, these, these leaders, these pastors, they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is profitable for you, for you. And so, folks, listen. Third of all, a true spiritual leader is under divine appointment to be the spiritual guardian. Um, there's wolves raving to try to take your life. Take your wife, take your children, take you into uh, vain doctrine of empty religion, cults, or just go to humanism where you just stay at home 
and think politics is the answer and everything else is the answer, but all that before God, I'm going to tell you something, friend. The answer is the local church. <clears throat> the answer is you have a true spiritual leader and you pray for him and don't run him off every three years. I've been here 43 years this February. I thank God for it. And I thank God that the Lord's privileged me to pastor such patient people because when I first started this church, it was my first church. I'm still in my first church. And y'all were so patient. And y'all were so understanding that I had to grow with y'all. But I want to say this, friend. We need to meet the responsibility of bringing honor to the Lord Jesus Christ because one day we're going to stand before Him, especially the spiritual leader. Look at verse 17, I'll close. It says, They must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. There's two groups of people at the judgment seat of Christ, those that are confident and those that are ashamed. And I believe one of the crowns is the shepherd's crown that you'll cast at his feet because you were a faithful pastor. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, I think it is. Brother Steve, I'm not sure about that. And we ought to be faithful to be shepherds, under shepherds. We ought to be faithful to lead by example. And folks, every follower... Every, excuse me, every shepherd, number four, true under-shepherd of God is spirit-led, scripturally guided. They have a two-fold motive. They have a two-fold motive. Number one, to please God. I want to say this. If politics gets in this church where the only thing I'm concerned about is pleasing you, that's political. I want to be spiritual enough to just please God and then pray to God you understand. And pray to God you'll get on board and we'll all please God together. That's a happy church, isn't it? That's a happy camper. Is that we're just all going to please God. Amen. We're not here to please ourselves. We're not here to please Wayne Cofield. We're not here to please the deacons. We're not here to please somebody else. We're not here to please our wife. We're here to please God. What a high calling. And then number two is that I believe that an under-shepherd has this Twofold motive, number one, to please God, but number two is to strengthen and encourage the church. To strengthen and encourage the church. When is it that spiritual leaders are supposed to be so popular and so have so many accolades that they please themselves? I don't preach for uh, be pleased. I don't get I don't preach to get a raise. I never mention a raise in my life to, the, to our deacons or anybody else. I preach for him. If I didn't, I'm a hireling, not a shepherd. And folks, I want to tell you this, and, and the reason I felt comfortable about this message, there's a lot about me in this message. But I hope you don't take it as prideful. I hope you'll take it as humble that God has called a pastor to lead his flock to, to be accountable to God, to please God rather than man. Every follower, every believer, every church member must give account to God for their attitude towards their God-appointed leader. They resent their ministry. They rebel against their ministry. They don't follow that ministry. Uh, number one, I don't know what in the world you're doing in this church. Folks, if you can't be submissive to the doctrine and the preaching of this church, what are you doing here? But I hope it lines up with God. And I hope it lines up with His Word. Say amen. Don't line up with my thoughts. I don't want extra biblical authority. I don't want some extra biblical activities. I want it to all be scriptural. I want it to be spiritual. And if it's not scriptural, it is not spiritual. And so, folks, let me just close with saying this. If they resent the ministry and refuse to follow their leadership, the Bible says you'll suffer loss. You will not be profitable at the judgment seat of Christ. Why don't you go back up to verse 7, Hebrews 13. What's it say? He missed this three times in his closing. It must be pretty important. I think he was thinking, man, I'm being misunderstood. I told him not to follow this high priest stuff and this temple worship, but they need to follow their spiritual leader. They need to stay in the church. Look at this, verse 7. Remember them which have rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow. Considering the end of their conversation. That means you ought to consider how they live. And I want to just say this, and I want to say it with honesty. 
If you don't live it, you don't have a right to teach it. Now, that's an awesome responsibility. Hey, if you don't live it, you don't have a you don't have a right to teach a Sunday school class. If you don't live it, you don't have a right to pastor a church. Come on, say amen. If you don't live it, and I pray I've lived it. I pray I'm living it. I try to go the second mile. But I'll tell you this. Verse 7 says, you don't follow the person, you follow their faith. It says, whose faith follow. Whose faith follow. You know, there's some spiritual leaders, I don't like their personality. They come across a little crass, a little, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Everybody's different. Amen. Brother Steve, you go to church after church. Isn't pastors the most peculiar people you've ever met in your life? And thank God you go there to encourage them. And I've heard reports that when you go to a church, you leave it better than you uh, than you uh, when you arrive because you encourage that pastor. Because if that pastor quits, it's going to affect the whole church. It's one of the greatest uh, appointment for a, a godly missionary or a godly evangelist is to encourage the shepherd because he's about to quit. And I get to hear all the griping and complaining of the, of the people in the church. You get to hear the griping and complaining of all the pastors. Oh, you know, they just unload on the evangelists. They wait for you to come to town so they can just unload on you. You know, oh, let me tell you how bad it is. Boy, you really feel like preaching that first message, don't you? Amen after that. But he's there to encourage them. And I appreciate him so much. A a spiritual leader's faith should be followable. You ought to follow a spiritual leader. It ought to be applicable. It ought to be, be, it should be evident. They live by faith. And folks, faith, follow you follow the faith. Faith means obedience. Faith means submission. I have to submit too to God Almighty and to one another and to my wife. No, not really. Folks, listen, sometimes I do. Thank God she submitted to me. I don't know where I'd be. But let me just close with saying this. A spiritual leader should have three concerns. I've only got four minutes. Number one, you ought to be concerned about the path. Number six, you ought to be concerned about the path. That's the will of God. If you're going to be a spiritual leader, you need to pray for your fellowship to be in the will of God. Not your will, God's will. But if you're a spiritual leader, your will is the same as God's will. Or you're out of the will of God. Does that make sense? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul was pungent with this this thing in verse chapter 1 the first Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5 says for our gospel came into you uh, came not unto you in word only I didn't just preach it says this but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in such assurance as you know what matter of men we were among you for your sake listen to this and ye became followers of us man worship man worship No, you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believed in Macedonia and Acadia. And then they sounded out the word of God. You know what's so beautiful about a church that's together? We're not fussing, fighting, splittering, and splattering. Starting another church down the road. A lot of preachers... Hey, listen, a lot of churches in Whitfield County, every time I knocked on the door when I started this church, says, what split are you off? I said, I'm not a split. I'm a soul winner. I've come here because God's led me to come to Dalton, and I'm trying to win souls. If you're in a church, stay in that church. We're looking for people that are lost. So help me, I said that. Every door I knocked on. We ain't after stealing other members. We ain't after swapping disgruntled members because you'll be disgruntled over there too. Come on now, say amen. Yeah, you get disgruntled in one place, you get disgruntled until you get it settled. But thanks be to God, the will of God is precious. The will of God is profitable. The will of God is powerful. And we ought to seek the will of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow me as I follow Christ, Paul said. Then number two, provision. A great spiritual leader should be concerned about provision for his flock. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Thank God. He knows how to bring you to the green pastures 
and I believe the greenest pasture you could ever have is the Word of God. Can somebody say amen right there? I believe this will light your soul, direct your soul, keep your soul in line. This is the will of God. This is the green pastures. And I would give you 10 cents for a preacher that didn't preach it and didn't apologize for it every time he gets up. Afraid he's going to hurt some big tither's feelings. God help you. We're not here to please the tither. We're here to please God. Say amen. This is the word of God. This is the green pastures. But I'll say at the same time, he restoreth our soul. Folks, listen. He comes after you, leaves the 99, and comes after the one. Amen. And he leads us in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Amen. His namesake is the greatest purpose for living. It's all about his glory. Folks, you ought to thank God you're in a church that preaches the Bible. You ought to thank God you're in a church that teaches the Bible. I mean, we covered all Ecclesiastes 10 this morning. That was a rough chapter. And it was about work. That's a four-letter dirty word to the new generation. Work? You mean i got to be a good employee? Yes, you ought to be the best. You ought to be concerned about the path. You ought to be concerned about the provision. And third of all, you ought to be concerned about the protection of your sheep. I ain't got time to go into 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 15, but you ought to read it sometime. It talks about wolves, raving, deceitfulness of Satan. Oh, friend, we need to love the flock enough to protect it. And I wouldn't give you 10 cents for a shepherd that let the wolves in the flock, that let the lions in the flock. That said, come on and devour them, I'm going to sleep. I'm not going to get involved because it might not be politically correct. Folks, we need a preacher. We need a pastor. We need spiritual leaders. We need teachers. We need deacons that will stand for thus saith the Lord and it's the best place to be in the will of God. There's protection in the will of God. There's freedom in the will of God. But there's a devour outside the will of God. And then most important of all, we need to love the flock. Look to John chapter 10, the great shepherd chapter. We've got a few minutes. Don't get in a hurry. We're not going to, we got to 6 o'clock before we get back here tonight. It says in chapter 10, verse 14 and 15, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known, and they, and listen, and I'm known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, so do I, so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. John 15, 13 says, Greater love hath no man than a friend lay down his life. That he lay down his life for his friend. And folks, I want to tell you something. Our great shepherd laid down his life at Calvary. Our great shepherd deserves your loyalty. Our great shepherd deserves your life because he gave his life. Three days later, up from the grave, he arose, receded it all as paid in full. You ought to love the flock, leader, enough to die to self. You ought to love the flock, leader, to lay down your life for the fellowship, for the shepherds, for the sheep. I want to tell you something, friend. To be a shepherd is a full-time job. It's not a weekend hobby. It's not let's pick up a sermon on Saturday and try to preach. It is a full-time, not job, life that God's called you to. And thank God, friend, Paul said it, and I knew I wouldn't get past this verse. I'll finish the rest of the chapter tonight. He said, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is profitable to you. Paul's closing out his book. He's preached against the priesthood. He's preached against temple worship. He's preached against the sacrifices in the temple. But he's saying, hey, listen, don't you forget your spiritual leader. And you need to obey. You need to follow. You need to pray. And then he goes on and requests prayer for himself. So he wasn't trying to say, hey, I'm the big shot apostle. He's saying, please pray for us. Pray for us.
The greatest thing you can do is beat the devil off your preacher's back by praying for him. Not criticizing, not trying to oust him, not trying to uh, stare him down while he preaches that he's preaching too long and you're tired and you want out, sleeping during the message. You ought to pray for your pastor. But most of all, you ought to submit to the one who gave his life for you. And he's only a representative of him. And he's appointed by him. And so therefore, to submit to your spiritual leader, if he's spiritual, is to submit to him. Folks, listen, if you'll realize that Jesus died for you, up from the grave you arose three days later, it'll change your life, it'll change your submission. There's an old boy, and this is a gospel song, and I'm not really up on gospel music, but I do like it. And I know some of y'all don't like it, but, you know, we're not all the same. It was about this old boy. He joined the Marines, Brother Steve. And, I mean, he was a rebel. You know, most people, when they can't submit to authority like police, I ain't going to go there. Some of y'all, oh, yeah, let's hit that a while. I ain't got time to hit that. But I'll say this, friend. He was a rebel. And and so he said, I'm tired of this authority at my home. And he went and joined the Marines. If that's not the stupidest thing I've ever heard, I'm going to join the Marines so I can get away from authority. So he joined the Marines. And he was served, and the first day at battle, his best friend that he'd just met in boot camp saw he was in danger and laid his life out between him and the bullet and died for him. Three years later, that, that man came back. And they said, man, they must have whipped you into shape. Man, you're different. You're submissive to your parents. You're submissive to the law. You're no longer a gangster. Spending your time in jail. Boy, they must have whipped you into shape for your life to change like this. He looked with tears and said this. My life was changed when somebody died for me. Because I realized my life must be worth something. And my life must have a plan. And my life must have a purpose. I thank God that we can submit. Our life can be changed. And we can be faithful. And we can set an example for those of new Christians. Because someone died for you. And someone died for me. His name is Jesus. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the energy and strength and health to be here. I don't take it for granted. And I thank you, dear God, for the leadership of the Holy Spirit to dwell on this one verse. Because, Lord, I'm going to have to give account of what kind of under-shepherd I really am. And each one of these leaders, each one of these teachers, each one of these helpers on Wednesday night will have to give account each one of these bus workers, everybody in this church, we're going to have to give account of what kind of spiritual leader we really are. So Lord, help us to submit to the Lordship of Christ and to submit to your love that was demonstrated at Calvary and to submit to your almighty power as you re- was resurrected from the dead and be a good sheep. And Lord, that I could be a good shepherd We're going to praise you for what you do in and through this church. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Let me say, preacher, this morning. I've been taken for granted this place. And truth of the matter is, I've probably been taken for granted my preacher, my under-shepherd. But by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I want to be a more faithful example to my fellowship my kids, to my wife, to my Sunday school class, to my church, to my sphere of influence. And I just want to be a good spiritual leader. It's your prayer this morning. Would you slip your hand up high for prayer? Amen. 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 Children raising their hand. That's good. You can lead others. You can be a good example. You can be a good listener. Some of y'all listen real well. Y'all didn't cut up, didn't play hang the man. You know, didn't get your cell phone out and text your boyfriend. That's good. Amen. Thank you, children, for being here. 
wonderful. Anybody else? Let me say, preacher, this morning, I know I'm saved. By the grace of God, I know I'm saved. I know if I died today, I'd go to heaven, and nobody's ever given me eternal life and never can give me eternal life except God, but I have never received the Lord as my Savior. And I want you to please, I want you to please pray for me. Is there anyone that say, Preacher, I'm not saved, but I sure would like to be. If there's ever a time to get saved, you've got to get saved now, because you never know when you're going to die. You don't know anyway, but I'm telling you, friend, there's a lot of people that have died in the United States of America in the last 12 months. And they keep on dying, no matter what. You need to be ready. You're not ready to die. You're not equipped to live. You say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. But I want you to pray for me that I would be sure that I'd get saved. Anyone that's not saved, I see that hand. God bless you. And I will pray for you. Amen. Thank you for listening. Anybody else? Say, Preacher, I'm not absolutely sure. I didn't ask you as a church member. Most people in Whitfield County join five churches. I'm talking about, are you saved? Anybody else? Anybody else? Have me say, Preacher. I'm glad I'm in a church like this. I hope you are. You seem to be. You didn't have to come this morning. You chose to come. Several chose to listen by way of internet. We appreciate you listening in. But you say, I got some relatives. I got some neighbors. I got some friends. They could care less that it's the Lord's day. They won't honor God by going to church. They won't honor God by turning off everything and watching on the internet this morning they just don't have any desire for God and I want my life to whet their appetite I want my life to be a spiritual leadership to, the, to God to them I want you to please pray for me that I can reach them would you slip your hand up real high God bless you all over this place Father in Jesus name and for your glory we preach but now we pray that God you'd use this message and melt it to our souls Melt us together as a church in unity and love. But God, help us to pray for one another, exhort one another, edify one another, that we could be more like you in this local church. Lord, I pray for our friends and relatives that we beg to come to church that have no inkling of desire to be here, or any church for that matter. I pray, God, you'd use our life as a spiritual leader to whet their appetite, to be a salt, be a light to their soul. In Jesus' name.